Hello, and welcome to the Philosophical Angle Podcast with your host, author Chris Angle. Hi, this is the Philosophical Angle, and I'm your host, Chris Angle. I am the author of four books on philosophy, one of which is The Philosophical Equations of Economics. And uh, with me is my co-host and colleague, Rick Samuelson. Uh, Rick graduated from Yale and is a venture capitalist on the West Coast. Good to see you, Rick. And you. The purpose of the philosophical angle is to examine the nature of concepts being used in current media. And this week, we're going to talk about why the Democrats did not clap at the State, State of the Union address. And they didn't even really stand up. Uh, to at uh, throughout most of the uh, of the speech, and and I guess it's to be expected. Uh, naturally, it's it's understandable that during any State of the Union address uh, this year or in previous years, the party that is not of the president frequently may not clap or may not stand. Um, during the clapping, when policies or proposals uh, with which they disagree, uh, uh, they they don't stand up. So, and and this is totally understandable, and they don't clap. And um, probably both parties have participated in this silent or reticent political protest. This year's event was no different. The Democrats did not applaud for many proposals and announcements uh, that President Trump spoke about during his address. Uh, on the other hand, of course, the Republicans clapped for almost every single point that President Trump made. Uh, I'm going to give an example. Uh, President Trump elucidated his several points of immigration. Uh, is, he has an immigration policy, and he put that before the the joint session of Congress, and it was received well by the Republicans and not so well by the Democrats. And this is political policy, so it's quite understandable that one party will show their displeasure silently while the other party stands and applauds. Okay, I, I think everybody understands this. The Republicans are for a merit-based immigration system, and and on the other hand, the Democrats are for an open borders, uh, looking to allow into the U.S. The, the less fortunate and the disadvantaged of the world uh, to freely come into the United States. But uh, at a couple of points, uh, the Democrats surprised me. Uh, President Trump started to elucidate economic achievements of the last year such as a low unemployment rate and specifically a low unemployment rate for Latinos and, Ameri and African Americans. He pointed out that it's an historic low for black unemployment. Well, when he made this announcement, I was a bit stunned because the Democrats stood there without, well, sat there actually, without clapping, totally without emotion, yet this is something that they traditionally have been in favor of. Uh, they always are in favor of providing help to the African Americans. So suddenly when African Americans have this great descending unemployment rate, 
they were mute. In their response, they just sat there. I was stunned. Well, I, I you know, I got to ask myself, why? Why would they not be happy with these excellent statistics? It's, it's purportedly, it's, it's what they want, what they stand for. They're always pointing out that the, the Republicans are cruel-hearted, selfish people that just want to acquire wealth for themselves and they don't care about anybody else. But here, when this administration is able to formulate a, an economic policy such as reduce regulations uh, that has produced some excellent e economic results uh, and they have helped the African Americans. So it's a, a wonderful achievement but again uh, they weren't they didn't readily accept it or receive it. And so it's not it's, so it's really not conceivable why they wouldn't want blacks and Latinos to have a job. Certainly they would want the unemployment rate for, for these groups to go down uh, because as they see it, they need help. Yet they didn't stand up and applaud. And they didn't, they didn't applaud when it was announced that the unemployment rate is going down for these groups and, and they just sat there. So why did they not stand up along with the Republicans. The philosophical angle would like to posit that they did it for their personal reasons only. That is, they didn't stand up, they did not stand up because of their own selfish reasons. But, there's, but the, the reasons are twofold, I believe. They did not applaud because they disagree on the type of help uh, that should be given to the minority groups, such as African Americans and Latinos. They didn't applaud because there's another type of help, and that is welfare. But welfare is not a job, and it's not really helping them. So we're going to ask, which is better for a person? A job or welfare? Which is better? I think we all, we all know the answer to that, that a job is better for a person than welfare. But why is a job better? Why is it inherently better than welfare? Well, as we all know, welfare is reliance on the government. And the sponsorship of this welfare strongly comes from the Democratic Party, as, as we know, historically. And of course, these sponsors of the, of the Democratic Party are in the U.S. House of Representatives and in the Senate. And these representatives want to be the cause of any benefits flowing to the minorities, such as the blacks and the Latinos and and they prefer to come in the form of welfare because it produces a dependency and specifically a dependency on them and therefore they did not clap. On the other hand, a job or the essence of a job is a, is a sacrifice 
and it's a sacrifice versus a reward. When you have a job, you have to sacrifice your time, you have to sacrifice your effort, you have to use your knowledge and your skills to perform something uh, for which you are rewarded monetarily, hopefully. And this monetary reward is used to bring goodness to one's life. We use the remuneration to buy food for ourselves and our families. We use the remuneration to, to buy other necessities, to have recreation, to have a place to live, to be able to relax, and so much more. All, all of which is good for, for one to live his life. But in addition to the monetary reward that we get for sacrificing our time and our effort in any job uh, that we can receive compensation for, there is another secondary goodness that we achieve when we go to work, besides the remuneration. When we go to work, we do so in order to produce a good or service. And these goods and services that are produced by our jobs are actually sold into the marketplace, as everybody knows. And in the marketplace, consumers pick them up. They pick up those goods and services and, and they buy them because consumers look at what is being produced and they feel that it is good for their lives. And thus, they buy it. In other words, the goods and services produced by work generates goodness for the lives of consumers. Otherwise, they wouldn't buy it. They perceive goodness, so they buy it. So when one goes to work and sacrifices his time and effort, he's producing goodness for other people. And, uh, and in his reward, because you know you, he, you are doing goodness and you're doing good for society by producing whatever it is that you are producing because those things that you produce are purchased by consumers. And they'll, and those consumers are looking to acquire goodness in their lives. And so when one works to produce goodness for others, there's a goodness that accrues to ourselves. And this feeling of goodness as a reward for providing goodness to others uh, in the form of the goods and services that you produce. It becomes a point of self-pride in that there is greatness in, in having a job. And so that's why they didn't, they didn't clap. Because they prefer the blacks and Latinos did not, does not pursue this goodness. So, to corrupt a, a line from Charles Dickens, it is a far, far better thing that one does in working than one could ever do by receiving welfare. If I could be so liberal with his original words. So, uh, let's ask Rick what he thinks about the State of the Union and, and the Democrats' response to it. Well... One way to look at what's happening with the Democrats is to trace the evolution of the original Democratic 
coalition. Of course, the party was started by Thomas Jefferson as the party of small government, states' rights, uh, individual rights. Um, it tolerates slavery, um, in a sense, uh, favored slavery. It was centered in the South. It has, over the course of uh, these many years, since Jefferson, evolved into a party of, uh, first and foremost, big government. It abandoned the South during the civil rights uh, legislation period, the civil rights movement period. Uh, the South is now firmly Republican, uh, ironically, the party of Abraham Lincoln. Um, the Republicans have their own flaws. One can argue they are also a party of big government, but they at least uh, claim to be in favor of smaller government, uh, individual rights, and so forth. Earlier uh, issues championed by, ironically, the Democratic Party. So it's interesting how these the, the party agendas and coalitions can shift over time. I think a new coalition is arising in the Democratic Party, um, as big as the shift out of the South, and that is the shift uh, out of the Midwest. Um, this last presidential election was a taste of things to come. Uh, the Democratic Party is actively abandoning um, union labor. Uh, it is not abandoning unions. It is clinging to government unions. It sees government unions as a growing part of the coalition and private sector unions as a declining part of the coalition, and statistically that is true. All right? Uh, government unions are growing much faster, uh, even as private sector unions decline. The Democrats see that. So that's one plank of their coalition uh, because... Government unions will always favor more government. That's obvious. Another plank of their coalition is uh, immigrants and uh, illegal immigrants. So uh, as part of uh, abandoning the Midwest and private sector unions to replace that lost population of voters, they are looking to expand immigration as fast as possible. And statistically, all immigrant groups vote uh, the vast majority of the time in favor of Democrats, usually somewhere between 70% to 90%, depending on the immigrant group. Um, so it's, it's a winning strategy as a way of uh, gaining voters. Uh, and it goes beyond mere legal immigration. There's a law now in California that uh, automatically uh, signs you up as a voter when you uh, register for your license. Well, as, as when you when you uh, get a license in California, you don't have to prove that you're a citizen. So you're, uh, the law effectively automatically signs up illegal immigrants as voters. Um, similar movements are underway in other states as well. So this new coalition is, is emerging, and uh, the Democrats are squarely uh, 
trying to reach or, or satisfy the issues of concern to that coalition. The coalition is immigrants, illegal immigrants, uh, governments, uh, unionists, uh, and one other key plank of that coalition are the universities. And so that's why the Democrats uh, continue to favor runaway student debt, whatever it takes to reward their friends in the universities, uh, they will back, uh, irrespective of the financial implications of, of this enormous, well, it's, it's debt that's going to collapse very soon, on, on the scale of the housing collapse. And it's coming. It's $1.5 trillion. Um, it, the rate at which students are, are uh, not paying it back is, 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 is climbing um, uh, steadily. Um, and, you know, there's the pretense that somehow the taxpayer is going to uh, step in at a later stage and bail them out the way the taxpayer had to bail out the financial institutions uh, during the financial crisis and so on and so forth. It's just, um, it's a setup so that you can impose yet more government. You mentioned uh, that there's a, that one of the uh, coalitions is the immigrants and particularly illegal immigrants, is there a a relationship between the illegal immigrants and welfare? In other words, are they these illegal immigrants going directly onto welfare? Is because you've mentioned that they're a constituent party to the Democratic Party. Well, um, I mean, indirectly, uh, illegal immigrants are treated. Uh, when they arrive at an emergency room, they are treated automatically. Um, and I, the estimates for the cost of that are $100 billion or more per year. Um, so, And they also take, make use of the uh, school system. Here in Washington State, for example, illegal immigrants are entitled to all the benefits that an in-house I mean, sorry, in-state student is entitled to when they attend the uh, University of Washington. Mm-hmm. So, well, the straight answer is yes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I couldn't go move to Japan and have my children able to take advantage, even as a legal person working there, of the state school system, right. of the financial resources there. And that's that's the norm. That's normal. Right. But not here. Right. Okay, thanks very much, Rick, for uh, participating. Thank you for joining us on the Philosophical Angle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and join us for the next installment.